Get your popcorn ready for the College Baseball Insider Show with Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills, giving you all the insights and analysis you need for the weekend slate that college baseball has to offer. are your hosts ready to dive into the top matchups welcome college baseball fans if you caught our last show as we previewed all of the super regional matchups we teased a special edition and i'm excited to welcome nick delatory of on three sports and jamie bradford of the big spur as we dive into a deeper look between the super regional matchup between Florida and South Carolina. So sit back, relax, and listen as we give you a true insider's look into these two programs. Welcome in, college baseball fans. I'm your host, Matt Grissom of NCAA Insiders, joined as always by Quentin Mills. And we've got a special guest here. We've got JB from the, uh, the Gamecocks show. JB, how's it going? How you feeling ahead of this this weekend? We're gonna talk about the Florida series. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Really do appreciate it, and um, yeah, excited. This is a maybe the best matchup in college baseball this weekend, and it's one of two that's going to guarantee the SEC a spot in Omaha. So we know that there will be, at least be two representatives up there, and um, and obviously these guys have a, a ton of respect for each other and are very familiar with each other not just playing the three-game series at Founders earlier in the regular season, but this has been the closest series since 2000 for the Gamecocks in the league, 40-38. and 38. Carolina leads it over the Gators since 2000, and they've both won national championships. They've seen each other in the postseason, and there's uh, they both have beautiful ballparks and the whole nine yards. So it's, it's a power versus power weekend, and, and I think – Anybody that tunes in at 6 o'clock Friday night and 3 o'clock Saturday, and, and my prediction is at some point on Sunday, they're going to see some, some special baseball. And uh, to lengthen this response even more, uh, get used to some of these names because over the next two to five years, you're going to see a, a bunch of them in the big leagues from both Florida and South Carolina. So South Carolina swept Florida earlier this season. Do you think that is – an emphasis on this at all or because it's the postseason have we turned over a new leaf and and this is a new season yeah no I so I talked to coach King earlier this week for a while and um and and I kind of mentioned the same thing to him and he thinks it has no bearing at all on the series uh Florida's a different team than they were that weekend their bullpen bullpen's gotten better as of late and that was something that that I know they were a little concerned with Brandon Neely didn't pitch in that series um, of course, Quentin, not to take a shot at you, I don't mean it this way at all, uh, but, you know, he, he is a closer. I'm sure they would have found a way to get him in the game somewhere, but, uh, you know, when, when you're not winning at the end of the game either, you're not going to blow that guy a bunch. But um, I, I've always been a big believer. You know, you know it's funny, fans, they, they say these strange – I've always thought they're strange, at least these strange things. You know, if you have a big game and you score 15 or 16 runs, you're like, man, I hope we didn't score all of our runs last night. Well, yeah. You know, you're allowed to score as many runs as you want as you can, right? Like, <laughs> there's no allotment. Um, you know, or, golly, I hope we didn't – hope we didn't, you know, waste all of our wins. And that 
well, no, you you are allowed to win more. Like, so, I, I, but I've always been a big believer on on it's better to win than not. Period. Um, but with that said, you know, I don't think that anything that happened in that series necessarily, maybe outside of a couple of scouting things here and there, uh, are gonna are gonna bring a ton of significance. This is the super regional. Like, you have to go play and you have to play well. And, and regardless of what happened that weekend. Um, it, none of it really matters when they tow it and throw it tomorrow night. So I'm excited to see. I mean, some things for Carolina are different. Will Sanders is going to be used in a different role this weekend and things like that. And he had a great outing against the Gators uh, at Founders. So I don't think there's a ton. I just think that it's it's a couple power programs who are going to draw some scouting reports from it. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be about going out and performing. So I think, obviously – you guys turned it around from your what was it three and eleven record down the stretch. Uh, how impressed were you by the team just kind of shaking that off and and playing so well in the regional? That a lot of folks and I'll admit I didn't think y'all were deserving of of being a regional host, but yeah. I'm glad another uh, another SEC team is coming out of it. But just kind of take us through your thoughts on the team as a whole and and that. The tough stretch you had, to say the least, dropped eleven of the last fourteen. Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm pretty close to that program, and and um, and know those coaches inside and out. They're they're dear friends, and so I, I get a little extra information from time to time, which is good and bad. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll say, I'll say. Uh, but you know, it was this team one of the one of the great things that was happening during the month of may while they were struggling is that coach kingston never ever ever let them think for a minute that they weren't still one of the best programs in college baseball because when when they when they did sweep florida i thought at that point in time they're based on what their resume was that i thought they were the best team in the country i thought at at that time okay i thought they're playing like the best team in college baseball. And I meant that at, for, for uh, two different ways. One was them, themselves, the way that they were performing. The other was I thought that Florida was one of the top couple of teams in college baseball. I think Wake Forest is one of the best teams in college baseball. I'm, I, I think LSU was one of the best teams in college baseball. But I also, at the end of the day, when all the chips are on the table in, in like a – college world series type format if you ask me head to head florida and lsu i'm taking the gators if you ask me wake forest and lsu i'm taking the i'm taking wake forest i i I, i'm not a i love paul Skeens. i saw lsu up close and personal for two straight days in columbia don't love their bullpen love their offense but guys we know what omaha brings omaha is a tough place for teams like lsu and florida and south carolina these power mashing type programs you can't just hit two, three, and four balls out of the yard every game up there. It's not how it works. Um, and and so I thought at that point in time, Carolina was was really one of those teams, if not the best team in the country. I wasn't sure how they would finish. And then they 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 finished terribly. But there was a lot of stuff that was all connected, but at the same time disconnected. So they had different injuries that hit at different times. So you had a trickle-down effect, and you were playing new faces in new places, and you had guys carrying on different uh, uh, inheriting roles that they had not been on, that they had worked for one or two months to kind of cement themselves into. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, you know, I really don't need you to do this anymore. Now you have to do this. 
And so one of the things that that group kind of did was they huddled up the staff and they said, how do we find a way to make ourselves? We've done a ton. We were 34 and six, or I guess at that point in time, when, when they started losing a little bit, I think they were 30, 35 and eight, I think is what it was. And, and some of the injuries started to mount, mount up. And they said, how do we just make sure that we're whole when the postseason gets here or as whole as we can be? And so that's that was the game plan they kind of came up with, like, let's manage this, this, and this. And so that's why they never really wavered internally because they knew what was coming. Will McGillis is back in the lineup. Braylon's going to be back at short. Uh, Sanders is as healthy as he's been. And, um, and there's even a couple other little nicks here and there that they've been just kind of having to work through where they felt like if they could get all of that seemingly around the same time, they, they could do damage in the postseason. And so that's why they never wavered. And, and I know day of, Coach King was on the phone with the committee throughout the afternoon, kind of behind the scenes going, look at this, look at this, look at this, and look at this. And, and from what we understand, at least, they, the committee themselves never uh, perceived South Carolina to not be a t- top 16 team. Um, and so they were going to get it. And then they went in there and, and what happened, what they were hoping would happen last weekend did happen last weekend where things kind of came together and, um, and they got some favorable pitching matchups as well. And, uh, and they got hot and boy, they're gonna have to be hot in order to win this weekend. Long answer. I know, but just a lot to unpack because it was a very unique situation for the last four or five weeks of the season to the inside and the outside world. Yeah, I know our Florida Florida resident over there is uh, is chomping at the bit. But I think y'all exposed a, a Campbell team that probably was a little overrated, and that that's really the last thing I'll say about your regional. Then we'll move on to the to the Gator talk. But Campbell, you know, Campbell is a red hot team all through the season. But outside of Cade Cooler, their pitching was suspect, and and mm-hmm. y'all y'all took it to them. So, Q interesting. interesting. Interesting group of people, too, I might add. Yeah, I thought you hit it perfectly. Nobody. I, I, I'll quickly preview. I think you listen to our show week to week. You just maybe we just found out you're a viewer because I think you echoed just about everything we said week to week. So that that was, you know, you either read our minds or you listen to the NCAA insider. So that was cool. (laughs) Um, I, it it was a roller coaster with South Carolina. Like when they beat Florida, especially with LaCroix out, McGillis. You know, Braylon Wimmer uh, was striking out a lot. He did have a couple good hits. You know, uh, Messina, I want to say, was playing third base. You guys had French playing catcher. So, in a in a selfish way, I hope he's in the lineup again because that was it seemed to be one of the only easy outs Florida had. But to kind of to go into that, you know, you guys dominated us, and and I thought Florida was either going to at least win one or maybe catch a two to one series, and and that changed my perspective. I thought you guys were legit and. And then, you know, the woes started happening, like you said, with the injuries. So um, they, they they have that 3-11 season. I, I'm glad whether it's SEC bias or just understanding college baseball as a whole, whether it's RPI, strength of schedule, just SEC competition. I didn't think Campbell deserved to, to have that host spot. I think they actually nailed that with South Carolina because you look at Campbell's stats, they're batting 315 against two. You know, and that's no dig to any other team. They got to play the schedule, as I've said, every week. But South Carolina, you just said they're playing LSU, they're playing Florida, Kentucky, like Georgia, one of the worst, you know, the lower teams in the SEC would probably beat Campbell six out of ten times. Like yeah. so top three RPI. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you echoed everything we've kind of been saying. Um what I guess now, so 
you've got they've got all the the healthy guys back. Like you said, this is a new series, right? I, I think for and this is just how I would perceive South Carolina is you got to kind of reset. You don't worry about those three games. Whereas Florida saying, Hey, they embarrassed us on the road. They beat us three times. Like that's a motivation factor. I think you actually as, as South Carolina or, you know, coach Kingston has to say, it's a zero, zero slate. Don't even worry about what we did. This is a new matchup, new team, you know, Florida pitchers pitch way better at home statistically. So you're going to mm-hmm. see different things. One of the biggest things I think you'll see less walks. I think Florida walked 24 batters, uh, in three games, which is highly uncharacteristic of any team in the country to do that. Uh, so they're going to have to swing at strikes. What is the approach with that being said? I know South Carolina has major, major power, but they also tend to strike out a bit. What's the the, the approach knowing Florida's probably not going to walk 24 batters? Uh, so they've got to be ready to swing, get the bat off the shoulder. You know, what's kind of the echoing force behind that as we head into Gainesville? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think um... – I've been a I've been a harsh critic throughout the year of umpiring. Uh, I think it's gotten really bad, very um, bad. I, I I just it's it, and I'm not I, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to make sure that sure. I lump this in yeah. because it's very very important. I think especially uh, tomorrow night in the pitching matchup with Hicks, who's not officially announced, but uh, that was uh, my next question. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I I'm not gonna I won't jump ahead on you, but. Um, but I, I, I think that I think that in track man itself, and, and I've talked to numerous college head head coaches about this, pitching coaches about this, and 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 hitting coaches and everything in between, not just the guys on the Gamecock staff, but everybody I know, uh, which is a lot of them. <laughs> and um, they all echo the same sentiment every time we talk. Track man's ruining the game. And we gotta figure out a way to use track man to make guys consistent but not squeeze us. Um, you know, I was a catcher. And so, you know, I, so I see it from both sides, right? I mean, you, you want to, if you're a catcher or a pitcher, you want to be able to, you want to be able to do a little bit more than nibble. You want to be able to get off and, and get a couple of inches if you can. But if you're a hitter and someone calls one, two or three inches off the plate, you're pissed. So, I mean, I understand it from both sides. So I think uh, this weekend, uh, Whoever's behind the plate, I don't know what that's going to look like. That's going to be really, really critical. You mentioned the 24 walks that the Gators had in Columbia. That's part of South Carolina's game. You know, they've walked almost 400 times this year as a club, which is a ton. Yeah. And 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 HVPs and walks and and the, and the the punch and Judys that you'll get from time to time, and then bang the three run homer. You yeah. know, that's kind of the old Ray Tanner way of doing things back when Carolina was winning the SEC a lot. Oh, I'm well aware. <laughs> national championships, all that stuff. 2000, you know? I think it was 2012, 2011. We, yeah. Same thing. Ray Tanner ball killed us. Yeah, you know, you, a walk, a bloop, and a dinger, and all of a sudden you got three runs on the board. But Florida's really good at doing that too. I mean, that's part of their game now. And so, you know, I think it's very important, and it falls back on the staff. And so, you know, like for, for the Gators, like their numbers are better at home. But if you get a guy behind the home pl- behind home plate who's not an SEC guy, and they're more than likely not going to have an SEC right. guy in the crew because it's a super regional, uh, then then you know I'll be interested to see if that affects the game one way or another. To the yeah. baseball side of this, to the baseball side of this, it's just being having mature at bats, having discipline at bats, and Carolina generally is not going to – a lot of their strikeouts this year, guys, I don't, I don't, 
I know you've watched him play. It's very frustrating from a baseball purist, probably like we are. I hate call third strikes. They yep. drive me nuts. But when you when you when you bring a big league approach into the locker room, which is what Monty's brought in, which is don't expand your zone, and then a guy misses the call, you're going to get a lot of call third strikes. And 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 I don't like it. They, they still have to work on it and fix it moving forward. But that's that's their approach. So you know you got to protect, uh, and that's something that's important this weekend. Stay within yourself. Don't try to do too much. This team is good enough to leave the yard two and three, four times a game if it gets to that. Uh, just based on going in there and staying, staying disciplined, and um, and and make sure that I mean these these guys at Florida's throwing are all they're all top ten, top fifteen guys. They're all going to pitch in the big leagues. Every one of them, they know how to get guys out, and so it's very important. And I, this is just a simple hitting thing. You're going to get one mistake maybe, and at bat, one. That's it. Outside of that, you're going to have to hit their stuff. Don't miss your mistake. And when you get it, you have to hit it. And Carolina was really good about doing that last weekend. Now, you touched on uh, one of the guys earlier uh, to Matt's question, you know, with the injuries. I know uh, Braylon Wimmer kind of tweaked his hammy. What's what's kind of his status? I would imagine any light practicing, probably very light BP for him, just to kind of precautionary. You know, is he going to be a full go at short, or is that maybe maybe game one they DH him uh, to kind of let him get his body settled in? Like, what's your what's what are you kind of hearing in the uh, the Gamecock camp about him? You know, because obviously you don't want to push him too hard, and then something major happen, you lose him for what we presume is game two and three. Yeah, I think McGillis is your DH. Um, I'm not sure that that's going to change a whole bunch. Uh, his the issue with Will McGillis with his wrist, it it's worse when he. Um, when he tries to throw, I'm not really sure. Not really sure why that is, but I'm not an expert on wrist injuries. Sure, <laughs> um, you know, and so so he's going to be your DH. I I I'll just tell you tomorrow night if you saw Carolina's lineup last weekend, don't expect it to be any different than it was. I think it's going to be Coach Kingston is a he he is not scared to use the analytics and make adjustments here and there, but. He's also one of the one of those crazy baseball guys like we are. When, when it clicks, he's uh, you don't change it. Yep, yeah. I, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, one of my last questions that I literally had written up was um, pitching. You know, kind of what to expect. Obviously, unofficially, you know, Hicks is probably going to throw game one. Uh, sounds like Sanders is going to come out of the bullpen. You know, maybe in a longer stretch if one of these guys gets hurt. Who do you kind of predict to be the other starters? I'm assuming Eli Jones might slide in there. Um, obviously, Mahoney's been pitching well. I'm presuming he's probably going to be a game two matchup and then game three. Depending on the situation, you could see maybe an Eli Jones or a, um, you know, like a Jones couple innings and then maybe bring in Sanders if they have the lead. Like, what, what's kind of the, the rotation looking like this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I, I am expecting it uh, to be. Hicks, Mahoney, TBA. I don't even know that King would – he might announce a game one starter tomorrow and then sure. TBA uh, Saturday and Sunday because they're they're in a real – and that's not really gamesmanship as to what he would do there. There are, of course, coaches um, out there who – like I won't call this gamesmanship. It's just kind of what they do, like Arkansas forever, right? Uh, it, you know, yeah. they always announce a Friday guy, and then uh, uh, that that like, was the most frustrating thing. Very yes, <laughs> like because oh, he yeah. knew like, he we knows. knew somebody's going to pitch yeah. tomorrow. We'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. like 
I don't think that, you know, because I'm a huge Dave Van Horn guy. Like, I love Dave Van Horn, love them at Nebraska, love them at Arkansas. I don't think it's anything egregious. That's just how they do it. But, um, but I, but for Carolina, you know, I, one of the things we've kind of talked about a little bit this week is, um, I, it is a really good sign. (laughs) It's a really good sign if in the first two games, uh, James Hicks, Jack Mahoney, Will Sanders, and Eli Jones all pitch. More than likely, the most unlikely thing in this region was just happened. Carolina swept them, and they're moving to Omaha. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just saying, if those four guys throw in the first two games, probably did happen. Um, which because just I, I and my understanding of how they use things, so they're in a really unique situation. Florida's going to walk into the weekend like you should. Uh, in June and knowing that, hey, look, we had four months to figure out what's best for us, and and these are our three guys, and we've known who those three guys are for a long time. Carolina has had to continuously move the pieces around to kind of figure it out, but at the same time, all these guys have all carried different roles this year with the exception of Jack Mahoney, who from day one has been a starter. He started off on Sunday, and then he moved into that Saturday role, and that's where he's really comfortable, but Sanders last weekend was able to come out and kind of kind of leave it all out there. His slider was as good as it's been, and yeah. that was his problem in the earlier in the year. Off speed, just he couldn't he just he'd either have this or he didn't have that. Last weekend he had it kind of seemingly both or all. Um, so they feel like maybe they found something there where he can come in and kind of put his pedal to the metal and get going. Uh Eli is is gonna more than likely be a matchup guy, I would think. In this series, um, James Hicks is a guy I mentioned the umpiring earlier. He's got to get the low strike. If if tomorrow night, if he's not getting that kneecap type strike call, mm, ooh. Um, I'll, I'll just, you know, he's a sinker ball guy, and I think he's a good matchup for Florida because they do like to hit the ball out of the yard. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that Hicks tomorrow night is – is able to get that low strike and and be able to induce a bunch of ground balls, kind of like he did in the SEC tournament. Um, but if he's not, that's going to be interesting because you're going to have to be ready to make a move. Matthew Becker has been the game three guy. He had a nice outing against Florida yep. back in, in April. Very nice. um, I'm a Matthew Becker fan. He's one of two lefties we have on the team, so if you – Better be, because uh, they, they need more left-handers. Um, but That's he's also, weakness. yeah, yeah, and and, and he and he's a, he, look, he's a guy. So here's the thing with Becker, you know, four or five pitches are going to be, they're going to get, they're going to get it done. Yeah, that fit, that fifth one, you know, that's the problem, and that's what happened last weekend. You go look back and look at his numbers, and you go, man, Becker had a tough day. No, he didn't. He had a great day. He threw two pitches that were you know what shot fastballs to the same guy yeah on the same count if i recall correctly and the kid hit him out of the yard you know and and so and that's where he'll get caught up in it is you know he he's he's very good about scouting and remembering a b to a b what guys did but that also can play against him sometimes and um so you know he's even a guy that if if he felt like let's say carolina's got a two run lead in the eighth inning, and they feel like, man, we got Caglione and so-and-so coming up, and his numbers, it, they just work here. They would probably go to him if they felt like they needed to 
and say, look, hey, we'll hold Eli or we'll hold Sanders and let's see if we can skip him a day. And if we have to start him on Sunday, that's what we'll do, um, you know, or whatever it is. So I, they've got a lot of things to play with because all these guys have carried different roles this year and they all can get used to that, whatever role they need to be used in this weekend. But my guess is you, you're going to see Hicks tomorrow, Mahoney on Saturday. And if I had to throw a Sunday starter out there, I'm going to stay with Matthew Becker at this point in time. But that is certainly TBD. Well said. I, I like the extended answers. I think it gives us context, you know, versus a yes or no. So I, <laughs> I know I can talk a lot. So, so I probably no. Took up the I mean, show. you fit right in. Like I, I, I would rather you give me the why and the how, and and truly let us understand the thought process behind it. I think it's great for for not only just as a fan base, but as a you know analyst or a capper. So I uh, like I said, I really appreciate those answers, and I actually you know respect them. So. Uh, I, I see Matt over there. It looks like he's got me a couple. Fly, me and this fly are about to fight. Um, just, I got kids that leave doors open. It's yeah, it's annoying. I know you as a dad, you probably know that. Uh, Florida, uh, Florida is lacking in all the pitching categories that we've got, and it's like flip-flop. So South Carolina leads in, in pitching. Florida leads in hitting. I've always anchored a handicap on a series – on pitching. Uh, so I'm taking South Carolina. I know my boy Q over here is going to live and die by his Florida Gators. But if you had to predict the series, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I just think it's hard to go to Florida and win, um, especially this time of the year. I, I, gosh, I don't even think Sully's ever lost a super regional. Has he? I don't think he has since he's no. been there. He's, uh, he's a, he struggled to get to super regionals, but yeah. once he's there, uh, but that also scares me because the due theory, like when is it due? Well, yeah, I mean, and, 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 you know, generally if there's a team that can do it, it's a, it's a team that's built similar yeah. to, to the Gamecocks. Um, They're identical if, if you really look at it. Yeah. I, I really wish Carolina could have been healthy all year. I really do. And I, and I don't, I'm not just saying that as a fan. I mean, I'm a baseball guy and, and I really, um, you know, really like to, especially the SEC. I mean, this league's ridiculous. Carolina has survived it. Not sure many other teams could have, um, and they've got a great makeup. I, I I just find it really difficult that they're for them to go down there and and win the series. Um, I hate doing it, but you know I'm taking the Gators to win it. Um, but I sure hope I'm surprised, and I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that somebody in the locker room sees this and calls me and tells me I'm an idiot, <laughs> and and uh, I'm fine with that. But um, it's just. I, I mean that nothing against South Carolina. It's a, it's a respect thing. I've got a ton of respect for Florida Gators baseball, and um, and I think that they'll do it, but I do think it'll take three games. Good deal. JB, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, yeah. So um, we are uh, part of uh, the BigSpur.com. Our, our program is inside the Gamecocks. You can find them on game, uh, at Gamecocks Show on Twitter. Um, uh, you can head to my company's website as well chief media and marketing you can follow me at sports media jb on on twitter and those things but um got a lot of a lot of neat stuff uh coming down the road i've been in media for uh, uh 10 years i've hosted shows for 10 10 years used to work for espn you know here in south carolina and um and we've we've switched some things to digital and uh so we've got a bunch of great stuff so in the future we'll have to make sure we get y'all involved in what we do too we'd yeah. love to have you sometime and um and uh, I know one thing, I, uh, first of all, I appreciate y'all thinking of me and having me on, but should be a wonderful weekend. Uh, this series here, 
uh, the Texas-Stanford series, um, and, and I think that Southern Miss-Tennessee series is going to be absolutely spectacular. Uh, those are those are three big ones I can't wait to watch this weekend. I hate Kentucky, uh, so I hope LSU beats the daylights out of those guys. I but, too. Um, I but, think they uh, have a lot of respect for a lot of these other programs that are playing this weekend. Gonna, it should be fun. Need to see Bama it's back sad. in there too. It yeah. is. We talked about that. It's cool to see Bama be another premier team. Uh, just to end it, I, I think Tennessee is actually going to to handle uh, Hattiesburg and Southern Miss pretty pretty well. I, th- I think they're a team to a force to be reckoned with that found it just like South Carolina and Florida have as of late. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, was... I tried to. Sorry, I tried to make a parallel equivalent to Ole Miss last year and yeah. the run they went on with Tennessee. Now going through a Hattiesburg regional, if Tennessee sweeps them, that's uh, that's going to be hard to bet against that team. Getting yeah. hot at the get it, you know, get hot at the right time. They could. They've got the pitching staff that sets up really well for yeah. Omaha. So I, Tennessee is is a scary team right now. Well, and Mon- Monty, our assistant coach at Carolina, we're. I think it was maybe the second weekend. It was the second weekend because we played Penn, and I kept trying to tell everybody, I'm like, this team's gonna be in the postseason. Like they're good. And yeah. then they went to the freaking regional final last week, yeah, uh, and uh, and almost almost got out of there. Um, but um, we were talking uh, about Tennessee that weekend. I remember this conversation, and Monty, you know, made a good point. He goes, "It's it's never the team that everybody says is going to do the whole shebang. It never is." Yeah. Uh, last year, Tennessee, according to a lot of the quote unquote experts and guys that I really like, like KP and those dudes. I think Kyle Peterson's the best out there. But the you know, saying things like best baseball team I've ever seen, team, like yeah. one, one year team. And I don't even know that I disagreed with them. Like they were really that good. But Monty's point wasn't that. It, it, it was, it's always the team that comes after that. Yeah. That it seems like somehow gets it done. And I'm not saying that they're going to win the World Series, but I remember Monty saying, I wouldn't be shocked to see this year's Tennessee team actually end up being the team that gets to Omaha and does some damage. And he might have been dead on. Yeah. Um, I know they've done nothing but complain all week about not getting the regional, but your administration put the bid in before the whole thing happened, okay? You got no one to blame but Danny White. You yeah. didn't get it. That's enough. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, just- and Hattiesburg won't be too daunting. I mean, Pete Taylor Park's a nice facility, but they, they've gone up against SEC schools that have much, much worse road uh, – or home field advantage. So I think I think Tennessee yeah. will be just fine. I think yeah, I, you, I do too. You do you do all the uh, Gamecock football stuff as well as what, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm actually planning a trip. Steve Tannehill uh, on my other podcast, he comes on all the time. We're trying to come oh. down to Columbia uh, this year for a game. We'll have to link up if uh, if I can make that trip happen. Sure. Yeah. So you're going to try to come for the Florida game? Uh I'd like to. I mean, I think we're shooting for that game, but if not, we're going to try to at least make it down. Um, you know, I know cool. he's been pretty eager to get us down there and have a good time. And uh, so, at his bar? Yeah, yeah, at his bar. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, he said he'd be able to take care of us at the at the facility, at the field. So, yeah. uh, if I can get down there, we'll definitely have to link up. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, keep me in mind. Reach out if you yeah. need anything. Steve's great. And, um, yeah, his bar uh, back in college – Somehow, somehow we all made it out, but uh, he didn't own it back then. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's great. So yeah, keep me in the loop on that. We'd we'd uh, we'd love to love to catch up with you and, and show you around a little bit. Awesome. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, uh, JB, thanks, th- for, thanks, thanks for yeah. coming on. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me, and uh, have a wonderful weekend watching all this baseball. It should be a blast. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. Cheers, guys. man. Go Cox. We'll see, see ya. Welcome back, college baseball fans. We are joined this time by Nick Delatori with On3 to talk a little Florida Gators from the inside of the program. How's it going, Nick? Going well, going well. Uh, just doing our anti-rain dance, as uh, we do here in Gainesville when it comes to NCAA tournament time. Yeah, kind of like Coral Gables. You just yeah. always have to look out for the rain come this time of year. Uh, Q, are you just gushing over there now that we've had South yeah. Carolina's insider on? We get to talk about your precious Gators. This is uh, this is like opening a present on Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, I'll let you start it off. I mean, I've I've got a few questions we can close out with, but I know you're chopping at the bit, no pun intended, with the Gators. But uh, have at it. Nick, I- I'll kind of start with it. So, obviously, you've covered baseball for several years now. Um one of the things that we've noticed, obviously, is is when Sully gets to the Super Regionals, he's very successful. Mm-hmm. We had many years of getting to Regionals and not coming through. Um, so this year, we're kind of at that point where now we're playing uh, in a Super Regional. Obviously, we have a massive uh, SEC matchup, a tough matchup at that. Probably the toughest uh, within the eight the, uh, Super Regional uh, sites. Do you notice anything different from maybe those teams that couldn't get out of the regional play uh, versus this team? Because last year we saw Ryan Slater, you know, kind of have that epic collapse uh, and and throw the game. I wouldn't say throw it away, but, you know, blow the game against Oklahoma. Oklahoma then obviously runs the table up to the College World Series and has a great showing. This year he gets kind of that redemption tour, you know, that heroic moment. And then they're able to kind of overcome a, a Texas Tech team that maybe not as athletic and as talented as that Oklahoma team, but nonetheless out of the losers bracket. You know, in your years of covering Sully and the team, what's the difference between maybe those teams that didn't come out of the regional play and then the team that has actually made it to where we're coming in Saturday or Friday? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it probably pitching. Um, I get asked a lot: Is this the best? Who's this? I'm like, listen. If you guys are new to Florida baseball, Logan Shore was that dude. Um, Not only for Florida Gator fans, but for me as a writer. Friday nights were going to be two and a half hours. Uh, If Florida scored two to three runs, Florida was probably winning the game. Um, But you go back and I look at, you know, those that 2016 team, which I think is the best team I've ever covered. Um, And they went to and barbecue in Omaha. Um, And and that Sully kind of changed his philosophy there because that team didn't even have the opportunity to throw Dane Dunning or Sean Anderson or AJ Puck, um, yeah. all big leaguers um, in, in Omaha. And he thought, okay, well, I need to lengthen my lineup. Um, and that's when we saw Nick Horvath come in from uh, community college, a guy that could be a two-way player. I think Florida has some guy who's trying to play both ways this year. I haven't, not, I think the, the, uh, the ruling, the verdict is still out on if uh, he'll be a good baseball player or not. Um, but that's the biggest thing. I think Sully has, has tried to lengthen his lineup because you can build a pitching staff to win the SEC. Um, but if you don't have enough guys to hit and score, you won't get to use that pitching staff when it comes tournament time. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. But when I look at those teams that didn't make it out of regionals, you know, I, I thought the world of Tommy Mace and Jack Leftwich, but they weren't the guys that came before them. They weren't Brady Singer. They weren't Jackson Coer. I don't know that Brandon Sprout and Hurston Waldrop are, but I think they are 
uh, closer to Logan Shore, Singer, in, in that. So Florida has that front three, that front line starters um, are probably as good as any three in the country. I, I don't, I won't go as far as saying they're the best, uh, but if you gave me three, I think Florida would stack up really well with any three in the country. Um, and that's where it starts. When you try to win a three game series, Florida feels really good. Anytime they take the field uh, with, with Sprout, Waldrip and, and Caglione. So that's the biggest difference I think is that Florida, and it was so frustrating all year, Kevin O'Sullivan, time after time would come into the press conference room and go, we're looking for three outs. We're looking for six outs just to get from our starter to Brandon Neely. Yeah. And they tried nine, 10, 11 different guys who would have a good outing and then give up six and have a good outing and walk a run in. Um, so I think the four that they've settled on the bullpen, um, two lefties, two righties and the frontline starters with Neely. I think that's really the difference to me when I look at the, this Florida team, which is in the super regional in the last four, uh, or really the last three because 2020, the last three that didn't make it out. So we're, so with that being <clears> said, so we're playing Friday, Saturday, hopefully we're, we're headed on Sunday to Omaha, but you know, might have to play game three if necessary, which realistically as good as South Carolina is, I kind of assume it's going to go three games. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's so hard to sweep in the SEC, especially in a monumental moment like this. What are some things that you're looking for, you know, f- uh, from Florida uh, whether it's execution, uh, a mentality, or, or an approach that you think uh, will be successful for them to kind of get through South Carolina here, based off of what we saw in April on the road uh, when they were able, you know, they obviously unfortunately got swept. Well, I'm I'm still trying to figure out what charity uh, Florida donated the money from the walkathon they held in Columbia to. Yeah, um, they got to figure out where that money went because uh, they must have raised a lot. Uh, Twenty four yeah. guys walked plunked two more um if i used if i you know if i make it like a football terminology florida's not going to beat georgia if they have 12 penalties in a game florida's not going to beat south carolina if they're getting 12 free passes so the biggest thing to me is is not walking guys um south carolina plays really well at founders park they have a great fan base they pack that place they're loud in the right spots uh and i don't think florida handled it well also brandon neely was suspended uh for yelling let's go yeah, I uh, didn't know that that was one of the words that would get you tossed, but uh, sure enough, it was. Um, so I, I don't know that Florida handled that well. They they had Neely as their guy, and then they had to kind of shuffle some things, and uh, they just didn't handle that weekend in, in, in Columbia very well. And I think that was kind of a turning point. We've seen the bullpen have some more defined and established roles. Um, I think I like that the both lefties, that they're trusted not just as lefty specialists. Um, obviously, you saw Kate Fisher start on Sunday. I think Philip Abner's a guy who had a great season on the Cape last year is going back to the Cape this year, and they're fine with him throwing the lefties and righties as well. So they've got four st- uh, solid guys there. You have to throw strikes, make South Carolina beat you. I think it wasn't just Florida not throwing strikes. I think South Carolina's kind of their philosophy is that. We're going to grind out. They've got three or four guys that can really hurt you, and the other guys we're going to grind out at bats, try to get pitch counts up, and work walks and, and then let those guys like Petri and, and Cassis, who's, who's, you know, finally starting to turn it around right now, yeah. make those guys pay uh, with some extra base hits. And then Florida's philosophy. I was asked earlier if Florida likes to bunt or run and do some stuff. I was like, yeah, they like to hit and jog. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they like to hit, there's no hitting and running. Uh, right. They like to hit the ball pretty far. Um, you know, Jack Caglione's one RBI shy of the school record. 
Um, Florida with six home runs will tie a school record for most home runs in a year. Um, it was interesting last week. Q, if you were watching, the wind was blowing in. And I thought, Horrible. man, this, this doesn't play well for Florida. I'm talking 15, 20 mile an hour gusts yeah. of wind. Um, the Yacker Tech had Jack Caglione hitting a ball to left center, and the estimated distance was 475. Didn't even make it to the warning track. I remember that uh, one. Yeah. Just, just died. Um, the wind, Kevin O'Sullivan, we asked him about it uh, on Thursday. He got a big smile on his face. <laughs> Wind's blowing the opposite direction. So I think that plays into Florida as well. But also, Brandon Sproke gives up a lot of home runs. Um, yeah. I think last year, uh, I don't know how nerdy we want to get, but last year they changed his arm angle a little bit and they changed his wrist angle because I used to call his fastball probably the most hittable 100 mile an hour I've ever seen. Uh, and it was just kind of flat, fast and flat. And I think it has a little more life to it with that, those little tinkers. So, um, it should be a good matchup. I would not be surprised to see it go three. Uh, and we saw earlier in the year, it's hard to beat a team five times in a year when Florida and Vanderbilt had to match up um, on that Saturday at Hoover. Yeah, it's funny. You bring up that point. I, I literally told Matt that show. It's, you know, they had already beat them four times in a row. It's mm-hmm. it's so hard to, to do five and six. And uh, it's it's almost like you listen to our show weekly because you hit all <laughs> those points. Um, I I do like the wind, obviously. And I'll let Matt kind of get in here uh, for us. Obviously, that's that's why Lang for this. Mm-hmm. Josh Rivera, if we can get a couple home runs for him and, and really get him going, I think that bodes really well for us. Same with BT. You know, uh, I think Luke Heyman's due for another one. You know, Tyler Shellnut hasn't hit one in a while. So maybe that win kind of helps those guys. Uh, but it also does help South Carolina. I mean, they're a slugging mm-hmm. team. So uh, but that's the that's the length of Florida's lineup, though. Like, yeah. B- yeah. B.T. Ryapel was 0 for 15 before his home runs. Josh Rivera uh, was – I heard more curse words out of his bat, out of his mouth than hits out of his bat over the weekend. And then <laughs> yeah. those guys show up for you on, on Sunday and, and yeah. Monday. So yeah. the length of Florida's – and now listen, if Wyatt Langford goes uh, 2 for 11 like he did in Columbia, it doesn't bode well for you. But Florida's mm-hmm. lineup is so deep that it doesn't re- – they don't really need one guy. They're not dependent on one guy who has to play well for them because they have a bunch of guys who can contribute. Yeah, it, I Matt gave me crap in our, our guide. Uh, I tried to put the whole nine uh, Florida lineup. He goes, Q, you can't make Florida's lineup an impact hitter. And I'm like, well, they can. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what's crazy about it. And there's other teams like that. But I'll let Matt, I know he's got some questions. I, I could sit there and talk three, four hours and, and not skip a beat. But I, I know I got I to gotta share the wealth here. <laughs> no, so uh, really my biggest question, I asked JB this with the – the South Carolina fan base, but does, does the fact that in April y'all got swept, does that play into this as at, at all? I mean, is Kevin O'Sullivan using this as bulletin board material or is this a whole new season? Cause, cause we're in the postseason. I think privately, maybe, um, you know, a little revenge publicly. He'd never go there. Um, it used to be the way they match up regionals. We used to get matched up with Florida state and Miami all the time. And, uh, we'd point to, Hey, Sully, you guys swept Florida state this year. And well, that doesn't matter. The different teams, especially with Miami, they always play either in the first weekend of March or even in February. Um, and, and you're different teams. Then I think South Carolina is probably a better team right now. Um, and I know Florida is South Carolina dealt with some injuries and they're getting guys back. So I think, no, it doesn't have any impact. You know, obviously Florida didn't have Brandon Neely. Uh, they're playing on the roads at that point of the year. 
South Carolina had only lost one game at Founders, and that was to LSU, who was the number one team in the country at the time. So I think the different ballpark, um, and, and then also the teams have gone through so much. I think South Carolina probably they were playing so well, they've probably learned more and grown more from struggling down the stretch and, and having to play other guys uh, who maybe wouldn't have the ability if, if they're called into pinch hit. Hey, I've gotten an extra 30 at bats uh, because we've had injuries. So I think both teams are better now than when they, when they played back in April in Columbia. That's interesting. You say that because uh, South Carolina came in losing 11 of their last mm-hmm. 14 They're, You know, as far as the, the season as a whole that their coach wanted to preach to the committee that they should be a regional host. I wasn't on board with this team personally as being a good choice for to host, but Campbell, they kind of got exposed a little bit of their week schedule. So uh, overall, I guess where Florida is, I would say they're probably better off right now. South Carolina, I can't tell if they just had a great weekend or Mm -hmm. if that was just kind of fluky because of their competition. So that being said, is there anything you would, you would say to kind of contradict my statement of like, how good is the South Carolina team that the pitching rotation is basically changed. You've got Jack Mahoney Mm -hmm. that is still there, but no Noah Hall and Will Sanders is coming out of the pen now. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on truthfully on, on, what South Carolina is right now. I'm, I'm interested to see Will Sanders. Um, do they pitch him on Friday or Saturday out of the bullpen? Um, if, if the games are close, I think, yes, Will Sanders has dominated Florida. They have had no luck hitting Will Sanders. Uh, I don't know if a map or a GPS would help. Um, and if you don't need to use him, let's say you're getting blown out Friday and, and then you're blowing Florida out, you have Will Sanders who could potentially start a game three. I think that's great. Um, but then like Kevin O'Sullivan, people were asking me, should he wait and not throw um, Hurston Waldrop against UConn and save him for a later game? There might not be a later game. That's the point of this season. I think the best thing about baseball is there's always tomorrow uh, until you're in this tournament setting. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see uh, what coach Kingston does uh, in that aspect. Cause if I look at, what Will Sanders has done to Florida's lineup, which is, I think, one of the best in the country. Um, I, I like my odds throwing him against Florida. So I, I think South Carolina is good. I, I'm going to go back to Florida throwing strikes. And it, it's not, like I said before, it's not Florida being bad or, or being wild. These are long, deep at-bats that frustrate pitchers. So if that happens and, and Florida has to get into their bullpen, um, you know, how much do you have to use? If Brandon, let's say Brandon Sprout has a bad start and only goes three innings or if Brandon Sprout is pitching well three innings and we get lightning tomorrow and, and there's an hour and a half delay and you waste Sprout, um, I think I think Kevin O'Sullivan, they, they kind of altered Jack Caglione's schedule on Thursday and he would come in. And then if you're pushed to a game three, what does Florida have and what do they use? So um, I, I, I would pick Florida to win this weekend, especially being at home. Um, but it's baseball and weird stuff, weird stuff can and will and, and often finds a way to happen. Uh, believe me, I'm an Arkansas Razorback through and through, and I didn't expect TCU to take us to the woodshed like they did. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Will Sanders. He had six innings pitched, ten strikeouts, only uh, two earned runs gave up uh, in the earlier matchup. Brandon Sprode had eight strikeouts, went five and a third, basically, uh, gave up four earned runs. So who do you think 
as far as uh, we know, South Carolina is pitching James Hicks on Friday. Mm-hmm. Do you know who is going to be on the mound? Will it be Sprout? Yeah, like the Shania, like the Shania uh, Twain song, Dance with the One Who Brought You. They got cute last weekend with Jack, who needed um, a little confidence boost fa- uh, facing FAMU, which I think was a really good hitting team for a SWAC team. <clears throat> um, but uh, they got cute last weekend. It worked out, uh, and then it almost didn't work out. But, yeah, Dance with the One Who Brought You, and uh, it'll be Sprout on Friday, Hurston on, on Saturday. You know, that that to me was one of the biggest telltales as far as where Florida was. I know they've got the bats to be anybody. I wanted to see them pitch a game to to a victory because that was in my in my opinion the biggest question mark for the Gators mm-hmm. is yeah, I, you can score 8, 10, 12 runs a game, that's fine. What about if you if the bats aren't hot? Like you don't how, want to have do to you, score 12 runs a game right, to win. Yeah. So to see them win, what was a three nothing in mm-hmm. that game? Mm-hmm. That was impressive to me. And the Texas, the Texas tech game, that was like y'all hung in there. And the, I think the pitching was fine. Texas tech kind of got a break there near the end and, and just pulled away. But just to see you fight back, I think it showed a lot of resiliency and it makes me more confident. I think now seeing that, having a futures ticket on Florida that this team really can, can win it all. Yeah. I mean, they're good in, in a three game series. I think, I think I've always thought they were good. Um, you know, you always say 20 is probably the magic number to win the sec. That's two out of three every weekend. Um, and, and with those three, like I said before, I, you feel good about Florida's chances. And then you go into a super regional, they lost to Texas tech. And I thought they just don't have the arms. You're going to have to throw, Tyler Nesbitt, you're going to have to rely on Blake Purnell. Uh, shout out to my St. Thomas Aquinas Raiders. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, these are guys who I think are really talented. And as Florida fans were telling me that this team stunk all year because the bullpen was giving up a bunch of runs, I said, it's not talent. Like, these guys have talent. It, it might just be between the ears. Florida had so many guys. You, you might go into a week thinking, I have two innings this week, and if I don't go six up, six down, I'm done. And, and I think guys were just pitching tight. Um, it will be interesting to me this week to watch. Hurston Waldrop's the only player on the roster who has played in a Super Regional, which is a crazy thing to say about the University of Florida, given the history they've had with Kevin O'Sullivan. And Hurston Waldrop didn't play in the Regional for the Gators. <laughs> it was with Southern Miss. Um, so many guys, Brandon Sprout, Josh Rivera, they could, have, they could have signed. Josh Rivera, once it got to, like, I think the fifth round last year, uh, was just telling teams, I'm going to go back to school. Uh, BT Ryapel, I still think he's crazy. Um, he played the highest level of competition last year that he's ever played at and played his best season ever. Uh, he wanted to come back. Do these guys who are so close to accomplishing two of their three goals, winning the SEC, getting to Omaha, and then winning a national championship, do they play tight? Um, down the stretch, Florida hasn't hit like they have all season long. It started a little bit in Kentucky, was a big thing in Hoover until the game they actually lost. Um, and then it, it showed itself again in the regional until, you know, Sunday and Monday. So uh, it'll be interesting to me to see, do, does the team rise to the occasion? Do they act like it's just another game? Or do do the weight of being so close to accomplishing the goals that they came back for um, – does that kind of crush them and just make them play tight? So for those who haven't watched a whole lot of college baseball, 
you're telling them about the Florida Gators, who's the one pitcher and the one batter on your team that you uh, you would say is must-see TV this weekend? And it may be the same player. It's not. It's not. I, um, uh, I'm going to go with Hurston Waldrip. His uh, split changeup is one of the most dirty, <laughs> filthy, disgusting pitches I've ever seen. Um, I got him to send me a picture of how he holds the ball. Uh, and I don't know how he how you throw that with any sort of accuracy. Um, he basically splits the ball in half with, with his two fingers, and the other three are kind of like off to the side. I don't know how you throw it for strikes, but he does. Um, it has unbelievable arm side run. And then Jack Catalion gets all of the the hype, and he, he deserves it. Like he, I don't think he'll win the golden uh, the golden spikes. Um, there's a love. There's a a lot of love for LSU. Uh, you can see that with who was put into their region uh, and who they were matched up with for super regional. Um, I think they had a nice paved road to Omaha while South Carolina and Florida have to battle it out with each other. Um, but I think what, yeah, I think um, Wyatt Langford's my guy. Um, I think the things that he does, he, he's kind of understated. He's not a new school player. If you dropped Wyatt Langford into a, uh, you know, a left field or center field on a team in the 1970s, he'd fit right in. Um, I don't think he would wear batting gloves uh, if, if they didn't make him because of because of blisters. Uh, he doesn't wear any Evo shield. There's nothing. Um, he had that really uh, that really touchy injury and uh, in the middle of the yeah. year and 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 played two more innings in left field. I would have quit baseball. Um, so he's the guy. He, he the, the way he brings his his hands through the zone. Drops a barrel on the uh, drops a barrel on the bat or barrel on the ball. Um, I really like watching him. And, and then the baseball IQ. He's up on first base. He goes to steal last week, and they're shifting Jack Caglione, who uh, is the second uh, guy I would point you to if you wanted just a, a one hitter and pitcher. Um, and Wyatt slides in at second safe, and because of the shift, third base is open. Pops up, takes off the third. Um, he's just a guy with a great baseball IQ. Old old, uh, old school kind of player. Um, he plays the game. If you were coaching, you know, a little league team, uh, and you brought him to a, brought him to a stadium, you'd point at 36 and tell, you know, your 10 year old, Hey, watch how he plays. That's how you're supposed to do it. Uh, they did not say that about me when I was in college. They were like, Hey, you see what he's doing? That guy just that don't do it. <laughs> it's, That's it's why sweet. he made the cover. We did, yeah. uh, we did our super regional guide. I, I had to put him on the cover. I think last weekend he was, probably the most impressive player in the country and he's so walked 50 I, times this year he, he's they're pitching around him because of the year that he had and he's still remaining patient um and i'm lucky enough to sit next to the yakker tech so i can see kind of the k zone he has a disproportionate amount of balls two to three balls off of the outside uh offside but probably getting close to the chalk that are called strikes and and i would have had some words i probably would have gotten tossed out of the game uh, but he's just a really patient hitter, a really professional approach in the box. Yeah, I mean, you're preaching choir. I, I would say he's he has become probably one of my favorite Gators to ever suit up for them. Uh, Brady Singer's up there. Uh, Alex Fiedo, I mean, just the, mm. the tenacity he pitched with. I mean, those are, you know, legends in my in my opinion. Mm. So, you know, to hear that, it's just – it's almost like a, a beautiful sermon in the background. And um, a couple points that I kind of wanted to – one – I know BT is kind of locked up this financial job. If he yeah. does get a call relatively early, uh, do you think uh, he'll turn it down and, and kind of stick mm-hmm. to that path? Because catches, I mean, realistically, no catcher outside of like Buster Posey really bats 300. You know, he bats 
between 250 and 270 consistently. He's a great leader. He can call a game. You can see that really well. And he blocks the plate really well. He's a smart ball player. And I think teams look at that. And I think even last year's hype, uh, you know, and he's kind of, I don't want to say decline uh, overall, but maybe offensive numbers just aren't there like they were last year. But I think he's got a good opportunity to make something out of a career. So, I mean, is he being around him? Is he kind of locked in like, hey, this it, I close my recruitment down. I'm done. Yeah, he um, – so last year I thought he'd be gone. He's a left-handed hitting catcher yeah, with yeah. some pop. Um, I think they've put way more on his plate this year. Uh, he's only the third catcher under Kevin O'Sullivan uh, to have the opportunity or to earn the opportunity and the trust to call a game. Uh, the other one was Mike Zanino, who was drafted third overall. Um, Golden Spikes it, Award winner. Yeah, Golden Spikes Award winner. And uh, first base coach now, Mike Rivera, yeah, um, who was a national champion. Um, so – He's in some rare air in terms of that. And Sully's a, a former catcher. So he's hard on those guys. Um, I asked BT that. Um, and uh, he has no interest. He has no interest at all. Uh, he's going to be one hell of a beer league softball player down in Tampa next year. Someone's getting a ringer. Um, but I think it, it kind of really hit him last year. His sister was getting married and he kind of had to ask for permission to leave the team and go. And, and in his mind, he's thinking, if I'm on a bus right. somewhere in Iowa – um, I, and I'm going to miss, you know, a moment with my niece or my nephew or my family. Um, so for me, I thought he was crazy. I thought he was crazy. He told Kevin O'Sullivan before Sully even got back to our press conference after they lost to Oklahoma in 22, he had already told Sully, Hey, next year starts tomorrow. And I'm like, Hey, you fool. Someone's going to pay you six figures to go play baseball. You got to keep playing this game and someone's going to pay you. What are you doing? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that. I don't know that the money that he would get offered to go ride around on a bus for a while would uh, trump anything that, that he values, which really is, is family and, uh, and being close to them. I would say probably one of my last questions, because uh, I know you're busy. I know you got some other stuff to do. Given that we saw Cade Fisher and we saw Ryan Slater have phenomenal outings and, and big moments, uh, out of the three pitchers, I, I think we would rank Cags at, at, at third of your starters. Uh, if knowing that he kind of relies on that fast, if he's not painting the corners, if the umpire is not giving mm-hmm. it to him, you can see it kind of derails him. He gets frustrated. You could see yeah. that, and he has his short outings. Uh, and frankly, and same thing with Hurston. If if that sinker, you know, if the split finger is not getting called, if it's dropping low in the zone and they're not giving it to him. You know, be knowing that we saw Cade have so much success, we saw Ryan have so much success, throwing strikes, trusting their defense, uh, moving the ball around the barrel per se, are all of those guys, to include Sprout, Cags, and uh, Waldrop, are they unintentionally or unofficially kind of on a shorter leash knowing that you have two very reliable guys that will throw strikes within the zone, trust your defense. Hey, if they hit it out, they hit it out. If they beat mm-hmm. us, swing in the bats, they beat us. But, again, we go back to the walks. It, 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 do you think Sully maybe has a shorter lease on all three of them because of that now, because there's that confidence factor in the backside of things? Yeah, I, I would say probably just with Cags. Um, and, and and he's gotten better. I think he walked yeah, six at South Carolina. Um, and he's walked. He hasn't walked more than four in an outing since then. Um I also think the walks are up around the country this year. I know the SEC umpires were told because they're being graded on that Yacker Tech, that that pitch, the Pitchcom set, not Pitchcom, but the Yacker Tech. Um, and they were told to give a ball off the plate um, so that if it's grazing, that that's a strike. And I think 
when you are told you're being graded, you'd rather be uh, a little smaller and, and right. Hey, I, now I know this is a strike. So I think, yeah. you know, cause I've brought it up to Sully uh, several times. Hey, you got, you're walking more per nine than you've ever walked. And he's, you know, explaining it uh, sometimes cursing his pitchers and saying, I can't throw the strikes for him. But, uh, but there's some to that. I think the only one would be Cags coming off of Tommy John surgery. I think, the big thing for him and the, probably the last thing that comes back is your command and, and, yeah. and your accuracy. Um, the pitch, I really – and you're absolutely right. When he's able to locate the fastball on either side of the plate, um, he's way more effective. A pitch that he's starting to throw a little bit more, which he had been hesitant to, is his cutter. Um, the way he holds his cutter, there's so much pressure on that middle finger to kind of get the spin that he wants out of it. And if you just try to do that and hold a ball, you can just feel your whole forearm tight, tighten up. And that's the pitch he, he tore his UCL on. So I think he's been hesitant to, but that's a variation on, on a fastball that, that he can mix in, um, specifically, uh, especially to bust lefties inside with the, with the yeah. movement that that gets. So as he becomes more comfortable, I think he's throwing more strikes, but he would be the guy that I think Kevin O'Sullivan would have a tighter leash on. Uh, it would be interesting. Um, I, I, I didn't know that Florida was going to be as deep and, and wasn't as confident in them prior to the regional, but let's say the – Florida does what Florida weather does and Brandon Sprout's start gets wasted tomorrow because of lightning. I think Sully would follow up with Jack Caglione. And if you get forced to that Sunday game, if necessary game, now you feel really good because of what Kay Fisher did last week and what Ryan Slater did last week. So uh, that also you feel good because you've got Colby Halter playing, looking like Nolan Arnado uh, yeah. for, for a minute there on Monday and Richie Sheikoffer. Um, I don't know how much he brings offensively, but he is an upgrade over, over what you've had um, in, in the outfield when you've tried to mix in, you know, uh, Dale Thomas, who's not an outfielder, Tyler Shelnut, who's not an outfielder. Um, so when you're throwing Ryan Slater and Kate Fisher, who aren't strikeout guys who are pitching to contact, you want to have um, a, as many gold gloves as you can out there in the field. We got to get Robertson Nick. going and Halter going offensively. It, it did not bode well. When your coach says we, we're just hoping he can lay down a bunt or have a six-pitch at bat, it doesn't yeah. bode well for your playing time <laughs> in the near future. Yeah. He's Nick, young. I don't know if you're, uh, if you're superstitious at all. I don't want to scare you away from the question. <laughs> but, uh, moving, moving forward, let's just – we'll call it whoever comes out of this Super Regional. You're not going to be bracketed with Wake Forest, which is – probably the biggest thing going into Omaha that a team could ask for. Uh, you would take on the winner between Virginia and Duke. Is there a team that you'd rather play or do you have anything? Is that too far down the road to even worry about right now? Yeah. Or do you yeah. Feel like I the can... SEC team is, is going to take care of them. <laughs> I got my, uh, I'm a big SEC homer. got my hat on. Um, I think it's, it's really favorable for Florida if you can get there. Um, and Obviously, you want to stay in the winner's bracket, but I, you know, after watching these guys in the regional, I think Florida has the arms to make that kind of run, even if they had to come out of the loser's bracket like they did last weekend. Um, not having weight, I watched, I got to watch a lot of that uh, Wake Forest regional. They are good. Um, and, and I think you don't even really need to watch them play, just knowing that they play in a very hitter friendly park, a little jewel box. And then looking at their pitchers' numbers, and you're thinking, okay, well, if they're pitching in this park and those are the numbers they're putting up, then then this team's for real. Um, but obviously, you're gonna have to go through LSU, and I think LSU, uh, you know, as good as they were all year, I think I put Florida's pitching staff up and say they're better than LSU's. You may not have 
Paul Skeens, but LSU doesn't have the depth um, that Florida does. So I think Florida fans um, haven't really turned uh, their attention to the bracket yet. Uh, they were just worried about beating Texas Tech twice and, yep. and having to, you know, uh, take the, the road less traveled to get out of a regional. I definitely think that bracket sets up a lot nicer. I mean, you've got TCU, Indiana State winner, Oregon, Oral Roberts winner, and then, of course, the Florida, South Carolina, and then Virginia Duke. Meanwhile, you've got a red-hot Texas team. You've mm-hmm. got Stanford, LSU, like you said, Wake, Tennessee coming out of that other side. That's going to be a gauntlet, a lot of good pitching over there. So I'm rooting for the Gators. I uh, hope they get it home. I unfortunately had to bet with South Carolina getting plus money on the series, but uh, I heard you say earlier you, you feel like Florida takes care of it. Is it a sweep or they do they win in three? Um, I'll go. I'll go with they win in three. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because like South Carolina can thump too. Uh, we might get, <laughs> might not be a good good day for the pitchers or a good weekend for the pitchers. You might get some uh, Florida South Carolina football looking scores out of these two baseball teams if the wind is blowing out out to center field the way it was blowing in from center field last weekend. Um, I just think I have a hard time picking against Florida in a three game series with this team. And um, if I was betting real money on it, I would have won plenty because they won eight out of 10 weekend series in the sec um, and uh, won all of their home series, uh, whether it was sec or non-conference play. So tickets sold out uh, in 20 minutes. I don't know how many South Carolina fans bought those tickets, but I passed the Hilton on my way to the stadium today and the parking lot was packed. And I don't think there's a lot of Gator fans coming in from out of town. Uh, So maybe there's some South Carolina fans, but, this is what Scott Strickland envisioned um, and, and what the university in Florida envisioned. And when they built a $65 million stadium, um, they didn't build it to have 2000 people there on Tuesday nights. They built it to take the fire marshal to the, to the steak out to a steak dinner and to pack in a couple extra thousand, see if they can get close to 9,500 um, at Condren ballpark this weekend. I well, Q, do you have any other questions? Yeah, just uh, just get those fans loud. I mean, we got to make an environment just like Founders. It's got to be rowdy. And uh, are you going out to Omaha if they make it? I'm assuming you will. Yeah, yeah. You are, you uh, against, against my fiance's yeah. <laughs> hopes and hopes and dreams, I'll be out in Omaha. Um, I, uh, I I joked with Scott Strickland. Um, I told him I said, "Hey, I know uh, through Freedom of Information Act, I know what you, Billy, and Sully make, and I'm going to send you guys wedding <laughs> invitations. You don't have to come." But just know that I know what your salaries are and, and the gift should be appropriate based on that. <laughs> and Scott laughed and I said, actually, uh, if I could get a ride home, if you guys win it or go all yeah. the way to the championship, I might need a ride home yeah. or else I won't have a wedding to go to. Uh, yeah, so. no, I like, <laughs> can you pay for the, the re-wedding because the wife? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, I was yeah. out there in 17. That was my first time actually ever in Omaha. Um, so I never got to, to Rosenblatt. Uh, but uh, I don't know what are the Charles Schwab now. It was TD yeah. Ameritrade when I was there. Um, was out there 17 days by myself, and then 18 was a little quicker. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a great. It, if you're a college baseball fan, that's a uh, pilgrimage you need to make. Um, there's just so much great baseball. There's 299 Division One college baseball teams, and you get to watch the last eight playing. Um, so it's just a really high level of baseball and, and a lot of fun. You hear that, Matt? Just come out with me this year. Yeah, we talked about this backstage. Just I can't let I I've never been, and Arkansas has been mm-hmm. there several times over the last few years. But I can't 
I can't Matt's, make my first time. Matt's going. haunted by the ghost of that yeah. foul ball. I know. Yeah, that's why I almost booked a flight to go. And then we ended up watching game one. I felt really good about it. So I said, no, I'm not going to go because if, if I do go, we're going to lose. Yeah. yeah, very. And then, you know, the rest is history. So, well, it, it might be a time to go out first time. No pressure. You're not worrying about it. You're just there to watch it. and enjoy that's some ball. Yeah. You don't have to sweat that's out it. your team. Uh, yeah, I'm convinced you had you yeah. on speakerphone when he was telling <laughs> that's, you that. That's, that's, that's verbatim what he yeah. said. But, Nick, I appreciate you joining us tonight. I uh, love it, guys. I look forward to this series. This is one that I'm very excited about to watch just as a college baseball fan in general. So, good luck this weekend. Uh, yell loud and chomp on. Let's go, Gators. Well, that wraps it up. I hope you guys enjoyed it and got something from it from the Insider Edition of NCAA Insiders. Uh, we look forward to this Super Regional as the remaining seven as well. But uh, we just wanted to give you guys something, kind of uh, a look from the inside. So we want to thank again JB and, and Nick for joining us with this. I hope you guys enjoy it and it helps you with your handicap. Y'all have a good weekend.